You are listening to episode 16. Who will be Joe Biden's VP? I'm Diana Elliott, and I'm a freelance writer from Melbourne, Australia. And I'm Donald Betts. I'm a former U.S. state senator from Kansas. We talk about hot topics relevant to Americans and Australians. What makes us different and what makes us similar? It's not the place, but a state of mind. Greenland. Hi, Donald. What's going on, Diana? Long time. I know. We've had a brief hiatus, haven't we? Yeah, I think we've, we've had to get used to this stage four. I mean, three, then four. <laughs> My son ran into the room today and he said, Daddy, we're at stage six. I'm like, damn, what, what, what was stage five? We'll be in the bunker <laughs> if it was stage six, although we're not that far away from it. It's kind of crazy, isn't it, Melvin? We're kind of the, the, the black sheep of the entire nation, being <laughs> the only ones kind of to have let the virus out of out of the bag, kind of, or out of the hotel rooms. <laughs> oh, it's necessary, and I think mm-hmm. uh, I think we're handling it quite well. Being that Victoria is the uh, the shipping hub of the nation, you know, we we are we're a major major city in the mm-hmm. uh, in this in the southeast of this beautiful continent mm. country island you know <laughs> so i think we really need to take good care of victoria because victoria feeds the nation yeah that's right we um and yeah so we've got six weeks of uh where what are we now one week we're not even one week in are we oh my god um oh, so yeah i think everyone's <laughs> probably a little less feeling it's a little less novel than the first time around when we had to uh going to isolation, which was not as severe as this. But, yeah, as you said, we've just got to do it. And um, how are you coping personally? Are you doing all right? Well, you know, I find this opportunity a window that we may not ever see again Mm. and that I need to figure out how to innovate and do uh, things while I have the time, while I'm at home, not getting up at 6 a.m. every morning uh, to take a train to the city and then getting off of work maybe at 7 in the evening Mm. and not getting home until, you know, really 9, 9.30 before I finally make it to my door. So. Uh, and it's an opportunity to catch people at home. Yeah. You know, if you've been wanting to reach out and call an old friend from high school or something, you just reach out and pick up because you know they at least better be home. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> if they don't, partying. it's a bit of a worry. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses <laughs> now. No <laughs> So, yeah, I thought, you know. You know, I'm going to make the best of this. Yeah. yeah, some days it's just like you just want to run out of the house, you know, yeah. just run wild and <laughs> scream. But, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're safe. Yes. Uh, we have plenty of food. We have a roof over our heads. What really? I mean, we can't really complain no, about anything. That's you know, right. It's, it is hard. I mean, I did yeah. have a bit of a meltdown, I must admit, this week because it sort of is, yeah, the, the closure of things has impacted me a little bit work-wise. But... You know, I'm definitely a lot better off than a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, I'm now just thinking, wow, this is kind of uh, – it is a novel time, even though it's not, a, it's not a particularly pleasant time for a lot of people. But, you know, you've just got to sort of do what you got to do, don't you? Um, That's right. So today we wanted to talk about Joe Biden and the, the closing in because we, we've sort of left this topic a little bit for, you know, just because there's been so much other stuff going on. But the Democratic, the US presidential election continues 
on to the November 13th, is it? But it's uh, the November 3rd. 3rd, okay. So around the Melbourne Cup time. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to talk about the – I wanted to get your views, particularly, Donald, about the Joe Biden's running mate who he still hasn't selected yet. Um and just talk a little bit about what you think would be going through his head in terms of what he would be looking for in in a vice president and, you know, potentially when he's going to make that announcement as to who it is because we're sort of all kind of waiting with bated breath, aren't we? Some of us are. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. We're, we're, we're coming up to some... Um some unprecedented times. And uh, I just want to take the audience, Diana, through the process. I want mm-hmm. to kind of give them that suspense as to what is coming in the in the coming weeks before Joe Biden announces who's going to run alongside him to take on Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. So uh, this August, the, uh, the Democratic Party will formally nominate the next president and vice president of the United States at the 2020 Democratic National Convention, right? Mm-hmm. So the DNC is huge. I've been to one uh, when Obama gave his big speech that kind of propelled him into politics. Um, I was a delegate for the state of Kansas, and that was amazing. You, Every state has a big banner, a big flag, and it just, you know, you see California over there in New York and Kansas. We're, Kansas is among the states, you know, so we are to vote for our next Democratic nominee. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, it was John Kerry, but he didn't win. Mm-hmm. The convention is also an opportunity to show the American people what we stand for as a party and unite around the shared values. In addition to fulfilling their nominating duties, we would have to, as a DNC, you know, um, delegate, uh, we will have to work together during the convention to adopt the official 2020 party platform. So basically, we're going in and we're laying out to the public what this ticket is going to run on and what we're about. Mm -hmm. So you just make that presentation. It's usually for three days this year. And Nala is going to have a a watch party, a DNC watch party. So if anyone's interested, uh, keep your eye on what's going on with the North American Australian Lawyers Alliance. Mm -hmm. Uh, The DNC is on, it starts on the 17th of August and it goes through the 20th of August. I, Diana, I don't, I don't believe that Joe Biden is really going to announce his VP until the last night. Really? And uh, yes, to have everyone on edge uh, at the DNC, you have the the Black Caucus, the Latino Caucus, the LGBTQI Caucus, the uh, Senior Citizens Caucus, mm-hmm. the Union Caucus, and everyone has all of these uh, position papers that they submit. Uh, so it's a it's a huge conference. I don't know how they're going to do it in the midst of COVID. I don't know if it's all going to be digital. I don't know how they're going to handle that, but it's going to be much different from the Democratic National Convention that I've seen uh, with my own eyes in, in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now, the 20th rolls around, and I don't know how the DNC is going to lay out the show, but I know it will be a show. Mm-hmm. It will be one to remember. Uh, with speakers from both sides of the aisle. Republicans, John Kasich, uh, I hear will be there to uh, to present 
Joe Biden as the president, as the as the next president of the United States, um, as the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party. Uh, so you have a Republican. I'm, uh, there are interns and officials that work for uh, President George Bush, who will also uh, be supporting Joe Biden. So that you will have your Republican arm there uh, and their policies. So that brings me to my Tips. Give us your hot tip. My, Give us your hot tip, Donald. <laughs> oh my. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I may be far fetched. I may be way out of the ballpark, but something in me tells me that this person, mm-hmm. I think she ticks all the boxes. So, just what those no. boxes are for the audience <laughs> Joe Biden has gone on the record and said that he, he will pick a, a woman. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And the assumption, or has he actually said that he will pick a person of color? Well, um, he hasn't actually said that directly, has he? He hasn't actually said it, but he did actually say he will he will appoint an African American to the Supreme Court. Okay, African American woman to the Supreme Court. Okay, but he did not say he will choose a an African African American woman as his VP. Mm -hmm. However. Within the Democratic Party, the African-American woman vote is the the most powerful vote within the party. Mm-hmm. So if, if the African-American woman decides to vote for, say, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. the Democrat will lose. Not enough African-Americans came out in general to vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know, because maybe they assumed that Donald Trump had no chance, Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. But in this case especially after what we've seen uh, with George Floyd and the continued pro- uh, protests in the streets all over the nation. One would think that if you really want that vote, you need to go ahead and make it an African-American woman. All right. We're going to put a drum roll in here, Donald. Who right. are you uh, tipping? Yeah. Um, hmm. Is it Susan Rice? Well, she's been mooted, no. hasn't she? But nobody knows of her. I mean, I've never heard of her, I must admit, but, you know, that's not unusual for me. Yeah, Ambassador, UN Ambassador, uh, she was in the Obama camp. I don't think she would be. Although many have said that she would be a good pick, I don't personally, personally, I don't think she would be. She's strong on, she's strong on security, isn't she? She's kind of like, she's got that, that cred, hasn't she? Yeah, that's right. I would I would love to see her as the, the chairman of the U.N. Or, or or something somewhere in the Security Council or doing something with that work, that global work, especially if if Biden gets in, he's always already promised to sign the Paris deal on the environment. Mm-hmm. So uh, she would be someone good to manage that. Kamala Harris. I don't I've never thought of Kamala Harris as a. Uh, the president of the United States or the VP. I see Kamala Harris as a, uh, and wanting, I don't think she even wants to be VP, but I think Kamala Harris has her eye on the attorney general's office. Yeah. You'd picked up very early on when we first went through that, when she was a democratic, uh, candidate. And to me, she does have that kind of, she's got that vibe about her. She seems that she would be good in the spotlight, but you know, probably too good in some respects against v, uh, Joe Biden. Do you think she just sort of, she's a bit too slick or something, isn't she? She's very California kind of, I don't know. You know, I think I think she's just a, a very uh, powerful, independent woman. Yeah. And she's not going to 
bow down to no man, no way, no how. Yeah, she wouldn't be uh, happy with second place, would she? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he would. I don't think he could gel with her on that. Um, that that executive branch level. Yeah. You know, uh, you you would almost need someone who has served in the executive branch to really understand where Joe Biden's coming from. And I don't think it would be someone coming out of the legislative branch. Mm -hmm. So there are two uh, congresswomen uh, who are are awesome. Uh, Val Deming, she was the former uh, first African-American woman to serve as chief of police in uh, a city in Florida. Mm. Uh, and then uh, we have another congresswoman. Um, but I just don't see that happening. Um, the person that I... Here we go. I don't know if I want to spoil it. Gosh, no, do it. Just, oh, God, you know, come on. I just don't really want to say anything, you know, <laughs> wrong about my pick, you know, because I might get offended. You might get offended. Get How offended. can you get offended at your own pick? Well, I think you should just say it and then you can justify it. Give the rationale. Um, yeah, go for it. Well, this this person is is an American diplomat, a political science uh, scientist a civil servant and a professor who served the 66th United Sec as the 66th United Secretary uh, of State mm -hmm. from 2005 to 2009 and as the 20th United States National Security Advisor from 2001 to 2005. This woman comes with a heavy punch. Mm -hmm. uh, although she's not a Democrat, she ticks the boxes. Mm. Can you guess who that is? Do you, you know, you, you, you know who that is, right? I think I might know Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice. Wow. I, wow. I think, I think she does it. She does it for me. Wow. But she's she from the Republican Party. How does that sort of compute? Well, that's not, that's, that's not a, um, that's not a very, very far-fetched idea. Really? I mean, it's, it happens in governor's races all the time. In fact, the governor that I served under, uh, Governor Kathleen Sebelius from the state of Kansas, she ran on the ticket with uh, John Moore, mm -hmm. her lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. He was Republican. Yeah. So it's, I think, and they did an amazing job. She got elected a second term. Uh, under, um, yeah, she, I mean, she she was phenomenal, and then went on to serve as Secretary of Human Health and Human Services under President Obama. But that kind of component in American politics right now, I believe, is important to bridge that divide because we are so divided right now. And she has been you, fairly outspoken recently, Condoleezza Rice, about saying things like, "Don't." Something about, you know, don't just vote for um, Biden because you're black. You know, she's taken aim at him about that that issue around being black and, and assuming that he's got the black vote, um, which might might not bode well for that union perhaps. But um, she's definitely been a little bit in the, the news lately, hasn't she? I was thinking it might yeah, be kind I, of Michelle Obama, but she seems to have um, – she's going through some sort of depressive state, she said on some podcast recently. <laughs> she doesn't look like she's been prepping, you know, like doing her arm exercises ready for the, the main stage, let's put it that way. 
Yeah, I think uh, Mrs. Obama must have said uh, she's feeling a little depressed, uh, a little bit of depression. Mm, she did. Uh, lately, because I think all of the, what's going on in America, no one is adhering to uh, the social distancing. People are getting sick and dying. Uh, I think she kind of sent that out as a message to the world that, oh, it's depressing over here. Yeah. Uh, things are down and, and that's that's the gist I get from my friends when I call and they said bets you are lucky that you've made the decision to move to Australia because it's just not going down right here mm. it's really bad so it, I think it would be mm. a depressing state you know and on the point of Condoleezza Rice that's why she will make Biden better mm. because she with her in that office, by her making that statement previously, it's telling African-Americans, oh, she's not just going to let Biden get away with just using the black vote to get elected. Yeah. You know, she's, she's going to hold him to the fire on that one. And it might well be because you've sort of touched on this previously too, that, and it's certainly evident now with all the coronavirus fallout that there's a lot of Republicans and Democrats who are completely just despairing at what's happening with Trump. And he's now so far off the kind of reservation, really. Um, and I think now that the, the coronavirus has exposed all of these fault lines where before they were probably hidden and concealed, you know, people have just got – they're almost uniting um, to get to get him out of office. And and, that, and I guess in that vein you're, you're kind of um, – bet there sort of makes a little bit of sense because she might have these conservative values but they're not going to be greater than her will to make America like heal America you know and she's sort of she's definitely got the gravity she's just you know she's a power she's yeah impressive isn't she she's a kind of whew, keep him on his toes and, and what she does she brings over the she would bring over the moderate and conservative Republicans mm, over. Mm. People say, okay, yeah, Condi Rice, yeah. Wow. She's one of our party's greats. And what do you think about you know, Democrats, she, though? Because apparently she sort of, well, she was in the Bush administration, was she? Or she, she, what's the history there? Because they might, you know, they might be a little bit scarred from that. Well, no, that's where you have, uh, that's where you have the likes of Michelle Obama and Kamala Harris and Susan Rice, these other black women coming out mm. to support whether you're Democrat or Republican. Both parties have not been good to the African-American people. So it's better just to say, OK, if, if both parties are just alike in terms of its policies and historical past, what's the difference? Yeah. Now, people are putting so much weight on this Democratic Republican. I was I'm from a state I'm from a state of from the state of Kansas where we've had a Democratic governor in both houses controlled by the Republican Party. The Republican Party have always controlled both houses of the of the House and the Senate. So we have to get along. Mm. Ten Democrats in the Senate with 30 Republicans. In order for me to get legislation passed, I needed to work with my Republican colleagues. Mm. So when you have this whole two-party system, it okay, but we're going to support this person. And I think you'll see a rally of African-American women really come behind uh, Condoleezza Rice because she is still a, a great within that community, within our community. She's Condoleezza Rice. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you were from 
the independent party, mm. whatever you decide you want to associate with, that's your business. Mm-hmm. But I know what you have done for the the community. I know what you what you stand for. I know you're brilliant. You're smart. Mm. You're educated. You have everything going. Mm. The experience at the executive level. She's dealt with uh, international powers, uh, prime ministers and kings and queens. You know, he's she's dealt with that level of executive. No one else on this panel has dealt at Condoleezza Rice's level. What do you think no Joe Biden? Do you think Joe Biden is a man that would be um, threatened by that? I mean, you- no, I think Joe will be cool with that yeah. because he knows at 78 years old, he's going to have to work with this person and he needs a strong person to be able to take the reins, mm-hmm. not the one on the job training. Yeah. He's going to need someone at the gate who knows how to run a country. Yeah. Okay. And there's no one on this list that can do that other than Condoleezza Rice. Well, you hear it, heard it here, didn't you, at Greenland? Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> That's what I believe. Yeah, That's no, what my it's heart just, just definitely got merit, I think. Because um, none of the other ones, I mean, he's not going to pick Elizabeth Warren, who's probably, you know, she's she's certainly got, she could bring a whole lot of votes from the Democratic side of things. <laughs> to him, but she's never going to cross over to the other side. She's never going to draw Republicans across, is she? Um, Because she's just too far left. And all the other ones, there's none on there that seem to have, apart from Kamala Harris, as you said, they don't, none of them really have the strong brand recognition. And if you're going to be unveiling this person, you know, a month and a half or two months out from an election during a pandemic, when you're not going to have the kind of glitzy, you know, ball thing that you you had at the convention of eons ago. People aren't going to be mm-hmm. gathering en masse. Who's going to check in online? I don't know, maybe a few, but not the ones that you really want to capture the hearts and minds of. So you sort of need to have somebody that's already got the got the kind of yeah brand recognition out there. And like and like you say, gravitas. Yeah, you know, that's right. She brings it. Yeah, she's definitely. Uh, she's she's got that. Um, interesting. And you, she's, a, she's a woman's woman as well. She mm. stands for women. She's a strong yeah. woman. And and she's a, she will lead the next generation of women mm. um, in a classy, stylistic way. Yep. You know, it's not no personal vendettas. It's get the job yeah, done. Yeah, she seems just she just oozes Fly capability, doesn't she? Fly mm. over to Afghanistan. Go meet with the president of China. She's done those things. Yep. A bit like our hell, a bit like our um, Julie Bishop in some regard. You know, she yes. she was good in that yes. that sort of deputy role, but she wasn't great as the yes. the top. Um, all right, that's interesting. Now, if we could talk a little bit about Trump, um, is is it possible for someone in the Republican Party to challenge him, or is that time gone? No, that time's not gone because the the, the convention is still. But no one's going to challenge Donald Trump because his base is unwielding. They're they're not giving up on him. Mm -hmm. It's him. He's the person. It's not the party. Mm. You know, those that are trying to save face in the party are now knocking on Biden's door. Okay. But I, I believe that Trump is a machine Mm. and he has soldiers that will not give up very easily. Mm-hmm. So you don't think there's anyone the in the Republican Party that's got the sort of 
the balls to go up and say, right, I'm, I'm not going to just bid against you and, and, and try and support Biden's bid. I'm actually going to challenge you and win. No. <laughs> no, inconceivable. I, 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 you know what? I double dare them to do that. Double yeah. dare. Triple dare. Yeah. I'd be sued to, yeah. Um, it's a pity though. It's a pity that there's no that, that there's no one. Well, he just fires them all, doesn't he? Anyone that challenges him in the party or in his administration, he he just literally fires them as though he's on his reality show again. Um, Not only fires them, but he fires them and buries them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he will never rise again. Yeah. The name is obliterated. All they can do is write a book about it. <laughs> And hope to get some, yeah, yeah, like John Bolton. Um, all right, so you think he's going to um, be in the seat and he has made some intonations that he he's not going to accept the result, that he's so against this mailing voting business and he thinks it's open to corruption, which is probably code for him saying that it's it's going to not be favourable to his own base and, and favour the Democrats who can do with the mailing voting thing. If, 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 let's do a hypothetical, if Trump loses and Biden wins, what, what do you think is the most likely scenario there? Do you think he, Trump will leave the, the Oval Office peacefully or do you think he's just going to take down everything with him, burn the house down? Okay, I'll, I'll answer that question by giving, a, giving uh, the audience something, something to, think, to think about mm-hmm. so that they may arrive at the, the answer themselves in whichever way they feel like they want to arrive at okay. it. I think that um, you have to look at the people. What are the people going to do? Mm-hmm. What kind of support does what what to what extent will the people support that decision? Mm. To what extent does Trump supporters stick to him even though he makes that decision and refuses? to leave the White House. Mm. That, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's the question of the day. That's the nervous, the, the unnerving question mm-hmm. that one would have to ask to really understand the gravity of a decision like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So should we just talk briefly about, uh, on, the, on the list, I'll read you out some names of the ones that are mooted to be on the list, on his short list of running mates, putting aside your wild card of Condoleezza Rice, which I think, you know, after you've explained it, has a lot of merit. But out of these ones, who do you think, apart from Susan Rice, who we've talked about, there's Karen Bass, who's a, an African-American 66-year-old woman. Seems like she's also too, you know, she's a bit over the hill, really, to be vice president when you've got a 78-year-old president. What do you think? Well, she, well, she I, I doubt it. She supported um, something about Cuba and Fidel Castro or something. She made some assertion that uh, comparing or complimenting or something. Yep. That will that, bury her. That, yep. that cancels her out okay. right now. No, she's, she's gone. gone. She's, she's gone. gone. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer, you had briefly mentioned her. She's the Michi- Michi- Michigan, Michi- Michigan? Michigan. Oh, my God. Michigan, Michigan. governor. <laughs> Um, and she sort of made a bit of a name for herself after the the riots and things and the coronavirus, I think. And she came out and sort of criticised the feds about, you know, not getting the equipment there and things like that. 
But she's, again, I mean, has anyone ever heard of her, really, outside of this date? It's too controversial. Too controversial? It's too controversial. Okay. I mean, because the way that those guys with those machine guns showed up at the Capitol, at her steps, at the steps of her office. Oh, that was there. With, with the man, the old guns. man got sort of toppled over. Was that Michigan? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was okay. Michigan. Okay. And yeah. there were no arrests made. It was something that showed she was not. She did not have control. No. Okay. That's no, so a done. She she's, had no she's control. Buried. No. She lost it. She's off the she, list. No. She's no, off the Greenland no. list, that's for sure. Um, Tam- Tammy no. Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. Now, Tammy, Tammy lost both of her legs. Yeah. You know, she's a senator. She was an, She's a soldier. She was a helicopter uh, pilot or something. Yeah. Helicopter pilot. And she lost her legs. And she's walking on uh, prosthetic legs. She would... A good friend of mine... Um, Charlie McMullen uh, and I had this conversation. Now, Duckworth is is her is his girl. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's his pick for VP. However, then you run the gamut of splitting the Democratic vote because the hopes are up in the African American community. She's not. She's not. Um, she's not black. She's. Is she Asian? Yeah, she's Asian. Yeah, she's Asian. I thought so. So that would that would split the vote. Okay. People will be really, really, really upset because, you know, after Shirley Chisholm, um, some of the greats and uh, some of the great African American women that have really paved the way for uh, many legislators in, in Democratic history, it would almost be a. Um, and like a, a joke, okay, you know, and then you throw the, the you throw you throw those votes to some candidate like Kanye West or something. Yeah, we got to get on to him because I want to ask you about him. Um, well, actually, we've got an audience question about that. Um, Stacey Abrams. Now, you had picked her very early on. You thought maybe she would be his running mate. Um, she's been an activist on voting rights and she's actually campaigned for the, the job. You know, she's been out there sort of bidding for it publicly, the, the VP job, but she sort of seems to have gone a bit cold on the on the odds. What's your view of her now? Well, you know, we're in the month of August and so whoever has been picked has been picked and the conversations have been made at the boardroom table to the people that were not that are not going to be selected. Okay under confidentiality. Mm. Uh, so these people know who who the next VP, uh, presumptive VP, uh, vice, presumptive vice president of the United States will be. Mm-hmm. I don't think Stacey Abrams, and I, initially I really did support Stacey Abrams because when I went back home, all of the elected officials, when, I, when asked, uh, would tell me that keep your eye on uh, Biden and Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. But... If you compare Stacey Abrams to a Condoleezza Rice, yeah, she doesn't have the no. experience, and she's kind of she doesn't have the, the gravitas, as we said, does she? She's not as she she's more that yeah, activist kind of you know agitator, perhaps rather than the the sort of the vice presidential statesman, yeah, secretary of housing type of yeah, person. Yeah, take Ben Carson's job. <laughs> All right, so that's been a good, I think, coverage of things. Um, we do have, and, and Elizabeth Warren, you agree, is dead in the water basically because she's just too left. Is that right? Secretary of Education. Right, gotcha. All right, <laughs> I got the whole cabinet picked. Um, 
All right. So um, is there anything else you wanted to mention on there before we get on to our audience question? Oh, I just, you know, for for the American listeners, I just want you to get out and vote. Yeah. You know, whatever party you choose uh, in Australia, the voting process is compulsory. Mm-hmm. You have to vote. You get a fine. We've talked to that, about that in the previous episode with, with uh, Chaz, Chaz. Yeah, Chaz Lichardella, first episode. And in fact, a lot more Australians now, we do have the ability to do a postal vote, which usually is reserved for those who are going to be out of town from their usual electorate or can't get to a polling booth on the day that it's held, which is always a Saturday. But now it's more and more people are doing it via postal votes. Um, so there's no... You know, I mean, in our in our democracy, which why would it be any different in America? It's, you know, it's it's probably less open to corruption than any other doing a postal vote. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, just embrace it. It's easier. And you know, we went on the went to the Great Ocean Road on Election Day, and we just stopped in Torquay and voted. Yeah. You know, you can anywhere. That's right. You just have to tell them where your your home electorate is, and they'll look you up on the big big books and cross you off. <laughs> Still very archaic. And you get your sausage as well, your democracy sausage, which I'm sure they should do in America. Maybe more people would go out to vote then because they get a sausage. Um, All right. Well, let's get on to our audience question. We have got some mail. Yeah. Uh Um, So John has asked, what is the impact, if any, of Kanye West's bid for president? I'm going to throw that one to you. I just recently mentioned, you know, that if it goes south, the votes can go to someone like Kanye, you know, and there are quite a few Americans that believe like Kanye, but a lot of Americans are looking at Kanye as um, he's losing his mind, you know. <laughs> well, he has got bipolar, he's, hasn't he? He's, he's actually got a diagnosed mental illness. Well, he's, he's bipolar, this mm. and that. But, you know, I don't know too many bipolar folks, and maybe there are quite a bit. You know, uh, that are millionaires. I mean, mm. a billion. I think he hit a billion. I'm not sure. But the guy is uber successful in his art and his skill. And there are a lot of young votes out there. A lot of young people who, you know, swear by Kanye and love the Kardashians. And, so is he running know, as an independent or is he running as a what's he running as? Like what party is he sort of is he just his own independence or? And see, look, the party hasn't been announced. So if he came up with the term the black party, Mm. you know, just think about how many um, voters who are just just fed up with the Democrats and the Republicans. Oh, my God. And and the platform is, you know, police brutality. You know, we we will fight it to to the death. You know, you might have some folks just saying, you know what, that is my issue. Yeah. I've lost so many kids to, to, the, to that. Well, it becomes Everything like a protest vote, doesn't it? it and, and as you said, the, the risk of the danger of that is that it he won't win, but it draws away votes that would otherwise have gone to Biden and then Trump That's right. comes home with the bacon. Um, That's right. It, can he just literally, Kanye West or anyone for that matter, just, just sort of parachute in at this late stage of the proceedings and and literally run for president and put his name on the ballot paper? You know, in every ballot, I just sent mine back. You know, you can have um, a write-in candidate. And all he he has to do is to to have his his music out 
and put out a hit record and say, write me in. Oh, so he doesn't have, even have to be pre-printed no. on the ballot paper. You could literally put, wow. Yeah. Okay. You can write someone in. So if even if he went that route. Mm. It's less oh. likely, though. It seems like it would be less likely to have a protest vote or what we call sometimes in, in Australia a donkey vote, which is like an invalid – a donkey vote is different to a protest vote, but a donkey vote is – invalid vote so you have to vote in australia it's compulsory and if somebody writes on there you know the star wars party or they just do a cross and they don't they don't actually even fill out the form properly it's called a donkey vote it seems like it would be a lot of trouble for somebody to go to in america because they don't have to vote so they're not going to get any penalty if they don't vote so why would they go to the trouble of doing some stupid vote that doesn't isn't going to result in any tangible outcome sort of I guess if people are seriously going to vote for Kanye, then yeah, they'd, they'd have to be pretty. They'd have to see probably a lot this more is, of his sanity before then to 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 get them out to do that. Well, this is an unprecedented election year. Mm. You're going to have more voters out than ever before, and just like Trump was able to find the votes that Hillary Clinton couldn't find, mm. there are votes out there for every type of candidate. Yeah, and and look how look you, how all the TikTok. <laughs> Um, kids uh, mucked up Trump's um, campaign rally, where, where, wherever that was, and and they booked out all the tickets. Well, allegedly, booked out all the tickets, and he thought he was going to have a hundred thousand people there, and there was like I don't know six thousand or something. So they're almost they're disrupting things, aren't they? Look, I mean, Kanye can come out on the TikTok party. <laughs> you know, people are furious. Yeah. They are. Furious that Trump mentioned that he's going to disrupt their TikTok. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because he's probably thinking they're going to stuff up his, you know, the, the election chances. That's probably what's behind it. Although there is some Chinese well, conspiracy, isn't there? <laughs> you can't come after TikTok. You just can't. I, I don't even, I don't have TikTok. No, I don't but I'm a bit too apparently old. it is everything for people but isn't <laughs> it's yeah life. there's a bit of a chinese kind of if it's if it's i think it's i don't know i think it's owned by chinese people or something and, and it's all about acquiring data but as so many apps are now i mean you never know who's behind them but um it's going to be an interesting time so that's that's good that's a that's a good wrap i think donald for joe biden's potential vp you heard it here first you're <laughs> Your dark horse, your wild card, Condoleezza Rice. She does sound like she'd probably be really good. So who knows? I don't really have anyone that I could say I'm um, rooting for or that I even have an instinct for. But you've persuaded me that she's the right woman for the job. I think so. I, I, I really, you know, who else? Yeah, it was very true. I mean, Michelle Obama, you know, like, yeah, she's not going to do it. I mean, Michelle, hands down. Michelle, yes, you're in. She's depressed at the moment. You want the job or not? <laughs> she's, she's let herself go. She, she's just not. She's she's in isolation and she's just wanting to kind of curl up in, under the dune. You know what? And that maybe that was her way of saying, no, I don't want the job. Yeah. Stop. Leave me alone. She hasn't got the resilience right now. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Maybe there has been that speculation and she's just tired of it. Um, and, and Oprah already said, no way for me. Do not leave me alone. No, I don't want the job. Yeah. You know, so they don't want the job. Leave them alone. Yeah. You know, otherwise they say that they're going to be admitted into hospital or something just to let you know they don't want the job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, all right. Well, we'll um, 
see you all next week. And after our hiatus, we're back on board with our regular programming. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Donald. And, and thanks for the question. Uh, John. Our, oh, thanks for the question, John. That was great. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Good question. so much for listening to us today on Greenland. If you'd like to become a Greenlander, visit greenlandthepodcast.com and follow the links to subscribe. We'd also really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on your chosen podcast listening app. Um, that really helps us to kind of percolate to the top and to also get a nice little bit of feedback from you guys. If you'd like to send us an email, you'll find uh, links to contact us on our webpage as well. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Next week.